1: Hello, once again, this is Andrea Schwartz with Homeschooling Help, brought to you by the Calcedon Foundation, and I'm with my partner in crime, Nancy Wilk from Virginia. Hey, friend. Oh, good. So let me just start with some of um, what I consider irony. You know, when you're in a position where you're going to teach, what happens is God often uses that as an opportunity to teach you. So what did I decide to talk about today? Don't sweat the small stuff. Well, I had an opportunity this morning when I woke up and my husband said, oh, you're going to do the the live on Facebook? Your voice is so nasally. Well, I have a cold and I'm getting over it. And so my thought was, that's the small stuff. I mean, so if you've never heard me speak before, you might think, oh, that's her voice. Nancy and other people who are watching have heard me speak before and they know that's not her voice. So when it comes right down to it, Life, not just a homeschooling, but life in general, is all made up of priorities. And if you're really going to be kingdom focused, which I think is what Jesus tells us to be, we have to make sure that we haven't taken one of our priorities or one of our preferences and moved them to the top of the queue and said, oh, yeah, we'll get to God's stuff when we get to it, as opposed to really living our lives and thus as homeschooling educators that we're also making God's priorities in terms of what should you focus on. Now, people say, haven't you covered this before? Well, I don't think you can cover it enough when you're talking about parents raising children or parents educating their children.
0: I agree. I agree, Andrea. You know, I have lots of um, sports analogies and I used to work for a gentleman who was a um, football coach. And he would say, it doesn't matter what how you do in the game, that winning the game is dependent on being able to continually execute, faithfully execute the basic stuff. So when you talk about going um, returning to the priorities and not sweating the small stuff, that is practice,
1: practice, practice of the foundational things and keep doing it. And why do people think that's so unusual? People expect that you can't become a world-class athlete unless you train and you practice. But somehow or other, there are certain things that we're supposed to just know how to do. And if you try it and it's difficult, oh, this must mean it's not cut out for me. I cannot tell you how many people, when they heard either that I was homeschooling or I was a former homeschooler who'd say, my hat goes off to you. I never could do that. And I was like, really? First of all, you're admitting that? Or are you basically saying it got tough and you decided, you know what? It's too tough. I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody else handle it.
0: As if obeying God is too hard to do.
1: Well, it, it's not so much that everybody thinks I'm actively disobeying God by not doing this because society gives such a way out. It becomes sort of normal. In other words, I don't want to be abnormal. And not be a career woman or not be somebody who is, uh, let me get the earplug back in, someone who's not, um, live a vibrant life. So when somebody asks me, what is it you do? Oh, I, I have to say I'm a wife and mother. And then if I say I'm a homeschooling mother, well, then for sure they'll decide that this woman's out there. Um, what? Well, you know that. You've been there and done that. Um, what, what I choose to do. What's that? Worn the uniform, you know? Yeah, worn the, yeah, worn the uniform. Um, so I learned very creative ways how to answer that question because I anticipated certain reactions. And so if we were ever in an area where we had public school teachers and I had to answer that question, it was amazing to me how often I got grilled on what my credentials were, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Going back to what we talked about in previous times we've been together, who credentials us is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who credentials us. So we don't have to worry about what others think if we are actively pursuing righteousness and actively seeking to obey God.
0: Okay, very good. So um, we talk about the small stuff. Um And so let's, that's kind of general. Can you say really, really specifically what you mean by the small stuff as opposed to really, really specifically what you mean by the the big stuff or the important stuff?
1: Okay. First of all, I am not saying that Andrea Schwartz gets to decide for all those who might be listening what their priorities should be. That's not what I'm saying. Because I could spend time in watching your life and you could watch my life and decide that's not exactly a priority. And so let me give you some examples. My house has never looked like the homes in Better Homes and Garden. Never. I'm not sure those homes look like those homes in Better Homes and Gardens, but nonetheless, mine never looked that way. And while I was actively homeschooling, my house sometimes had some dust on the furniture. Sometimes there were dishes stacked up in the sink. And since we did a lot of our joint stuff at the kitchen table, the kitchen table often either had to have books moved to the side in order for us to have a meal or we would go eat in another room. All right, so I used to think I need a sign that says, my house is messy because I homeschool. So now it's not that everybody thought that was such a great thing. I can remember when my stepmother came and visited my mom died when I was in high school and my dad remarried, and as she was helping me in the kitchen, with a very sweet voice, she said, I wish I lived closer. I could help you so much. <laughs> well, she obviously didn't like the way I kept my kitchen, right? But that wasn't a priority. It wasn't a health hazard. We didn't have cockroaches going all over the place, but she would have done it differently. This was a woman who ironed her bed sheets. Wow. Okay. You're right. Like, that's fine. I I would never have, I I still would never consider ironing my bed sheets, right? When my daughter still lived at home, she and I had this debate as to what the silverware drawer should look like. She thought all the forks should be lined up after you take it out of the dishwasher. I just threw the forks where the forks grow, the spoons where the spoons go. Now, to be honest with you, I liked her way better, but I wasn't about to take the time to do that because I had other things I was going to do. So I'm not saying stacking your forks, Or having your your kitchen organized in such a way, you know, that's not important. It's just that there were more important things for me. If I'd sweated the stuff that when other people came in that they would think, oh, she's messy or she's not very organized, as opposed to those things that I really felt that I was supposed to do, then I would have left the important stuff undone in terms of doing the less important stuff. Does that kind of clarify it for you? What I meant by that?
0: Yeah, it does. And also, I think we have to bear in mind, Andrea, that there are seasons for that. Obviously, when you're doing sippy cups and diapers and Cheerios all over the place, then that's a different a different level than if you're dealing with you know elementary, middle school, high schoolers. Then they can you can delegate those tasks and get those dishes done. And so you're not saying don't do it. You're just saying, you know, prioritize and don't, um, you know, don't think that you have to do everything all at once.
1: Right. And I, part of my season when I was homeschooling my two oldest ones when they were younger, I also had my mother-in-law who lived with me, which meant we had doctor visits to go to. And we had other things that included having an elderly woman living with us. Well, my children got to learn, whether we ever sat down and said it, that family relationships are important. And if that means that we're in the car and you're doing your math homework while we're getting grandma to a doctor's appointment, that's what it means you do. right? right? As opposed to, no, 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 they must have their own little desks and they must be sitting. And and we have to do, you know, school between eight in the morning and three in the afternoon because that's when the other people do it. You know, sometimes it's eight o'clock at night. Sometimes it's seven thirty in the morning. It depends on what life is presenting you with that day.
0: Right, right. I was talking to a young friend the other day about similar things. And when the scripture says that uh, when the uh, um, when the scripture says that he went past the house of a sluggard and his fence was falling down, that's one thing. But then there's another scripture that says if there's no ox the barn is clean and so what that talks about is there's a big difference between us being slothful and lazy and really really doing work and there's evidence of work happening and sometimes you just you cannot you cannot ever base that on what your neighbor might think you really is going to have to let the holy spirit tell you if you're being if if you need to be putting your attention to something that's not if we're neglecting something as opposed to
1: recognizing that real work is happening here right now here's where it gets tricky. Let's say it's not your neighbor who has these expectations for you. Let's say it's your husband who has these expectations for you. Okay. So now, now it's a little trickier, right? And I have known families and I'm talking large families where they come back from a homeschool convention and dad is on fire. His kids are going to learn Greek and Hebrew. They're going to take martial arts training. They're going to be entrepreneurs. They're going to get high test scores. And then he has this whole litany of things to give his wife to do. Meanwhile, she's trying to keep the babies fed, get the nap schedule going, uh, actually deal with family life and getting her kids to participate, as you pointed out. And so now, Her day is spent sweating everything, not so much the small stuff or the big stuff. It's like everything, I have to do everything. And this is where women start building up illness for later on in life because stress, and that is a stressful situation, will affect somebody's health. So sometimes mom and dad have to sit together and talk about priorities. It may be great that dad wants all these things, or it could be the other way. Mom wants art classes. Mom wants music lessons. Mom wants ballet. And we're supposed to do everything. Well, Mm -hmm. the question is, which audience are we playing for? Are we looking for the praise of men? So they'll say, look at those homeschoolers. They just get it all done. Or are we looking for God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, at the end of life, I think most people would want the second rather than the first because when you come right down to it, you know the they we're always playing to. I don't think anybody knows who they are. Yeah.
0: One of the things that I like to remind um, young moms is that God, while God does have a priority, um, we also have to bear in mind the particular gifts and skills and talent of that particular kid. You're not going to. It's not wise for us to demand our football-playing son to take uh, ballet and uh, violin.
1: Although for some example, coaches will tell you ballet would be helpful for football <laughs> players,
0: some coaches may disagree. But but the point is that we do need to be mindful of how God has created that particular child and the gifts and interests, guided, of course, in terms of God's call and God's. Um, requirement for our life but every kid doesn't have to do everything we need to um, to um, create those opportunities in terms of God's call in their life and the way he is gifted and skilled them
1: right and here's the other factor on that if you've ever known a homeschooling family that has one or two children they have the opportunity to do tons of those things Right. right and If you have ever met a homeschooling family that has many children, well, maybe they have a grandma and grandpa that live close by, or they have a support structure. Mm -hmm. What is really bad to do is to compare yourself to people who don't have the same lifestyle. Do I think it's great that people's quivers are full? Absolutely. The Bible supports that. But you have to realize that if your quiver is full, it has different constraints and boundaries. Because now instead of one or two children you have to make provision for, it might be seven, eight, or nine. And right. so as you receive the gifts God gives you in the number of children, you also have to receive the obvious limitations that go with that. Right. And ah. that doesn't mean the limitations are bad. It just means they're there. Right. Limitations and opportunities. Right. Right. Right, Um, I think by and large, if you talk to people who have grown up in big families, when they're older, they have built-in friends. When you talk to someone who has been an only child, it's not as pleasurable. In retrospect, it's not as pleasurable, nor do they get the skills that come with being in a large family. So the small stuff, to go back to what is the small stuff? The small stuff are those things that you feel stressed about not achieving, but that you won't necessarily find rooted in scripture. And that's why I'm not sure how anybody lives life apart from being guided by God and his word. Obviously people get by because, you know, we have lots of people who aren't jumping off bridges and all the time and stuff like that. But in order, I mean, I know there are people who are, but the point I'm making is that the guidance of the Holy spirit, the availability of the word of God. And then people who have gone before us, like you and I are vets when it comes to being homeschool moms. So if a woman is struggling, maybe it would be very useful to talk to someone who has traveled that road and to say, oh yeah, honey, I totally get it.
0: Yeah. And don't I go, worry about that part. Yeah. <laughs> <right>, yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: This will be over in a little bit, you know, whether you're dealing with the terrible twos, or you're dealing with puberty, or you're dealing with now they drive, and should I let um, should I let my children uh, get in the car with the new driver? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 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 I just lost right. my earbud, so I'll find it. I'm sure. Okay, keep okay. going as long as I yeah. can be heard. This okay. is the small. Okay, I found it. That's a small stuff. There you go. Okay. All right. So I see a, um, a comment from a former student of mine, Leah, hi Leah. She says, love that about realizing boundaries, limitations of how many children one has and not comparing to others with differences. Oh yeah. And and if you think that you can just put that in a box and say, okay, I've dealt with that now, that's not gonna be an issue anymore. Just wait, next week it'll come right back up again and you'll have to revisit the whole thing again because that is what the Christian life is all about. And it's um, it's foolish to think, OK, I've got that one nailed. I'm not going to have to go back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, very good. All right. And the other questions that have come your way.
0: Yeah. Other questions are, but don't parents need to be accountable to some authority to make sure that they're doing everything right? So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. They absolutely have to be accountable. Yes. Accountable to God. First and foremost to God. And this is where it goes back to how do you view what God has um, established in terms of the family? What's the primary institution in life? Is it the family? Is it the church? Is it the state? Is it the university? Is it the school system? Well, if you look at scripture, the way I read scripture, the family is the primary institution, which means that mom and dad answer directly to God. That's who holds them accountable.
0: Right. So mom and dad individually, directly, and, um, and then as a family, um, cooperatively to uh, submit to one another. So.
1: Um, well, right, because when you're uh, when you're uh, have children, you're, you as parents, you know, your one flesh is husband and wife. Well, your one flesh is parents as well, and so not that one person's salvation is tied into the others. That's not what we're saying. We all have to be um, in relationship to Christ personally, right? right? But if we don't view that together, not like dad over mom or mom over dad, but together we answer for the things that we say are priorities the things that we say we must do. This is a must in our family. And this is, uh, if we get a chance, we'll do it. Too many homeschooling families think they have to answer to the school district or to their board of elders. You see, the other institutions are meant to assist the family. So look at the church as groups of family coming together. Look at the civil order as many families all together living in communities, and we all should be operating on God's word according to each jurisdiction. So you'll never find in scripture where the Bible says the state has the authority over the family in terms of how children should be educated. Now, that will be a surprise to some people because they'll go, huh, that's not the way we have it today. Well, okay, shows you an area where the United States of America and other countries as well have lost biblical grounding.
0: Yeah. Andrea, you and I started homeschooling back in the 80s. That was before it was legal or popular. And so we know that there are different laws in different states and different requirements for the homeschoolers to have to report to um, and some states are more are, are easier to homeschool in than other states but they they would still have to um, have to report in some places to the state but they don't necessarily have to they, they don't get to State doesn't have the responsibility. So so help help me understand where that fits in.
1: Okay. So we have to understand words like responsibility, jurisdiction, and authority. So we always want to start with scripture. Who does God give the jurisdiction of something to? Thus who has the authority and who's responsible? Okay. The fact that we currently have a situation where something that God says parents should do could be considered illegal is a testimony to how much work still needs to be done in terms of establishing the crown rights of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So put us in a situation not too dissimilar than the early Christians in Rome. Sometimes you walk the extra mile. Sometimes you turn the cheek but you never lose sight of the way things should be. So individual people may decide to go along with state regulations. Other people may decide to challenge state regulations. Other people may decide to find a different way to get attached to a school that is already not going to get a lot of flack and they attach their home school to that. The point is, We wanna differentiate between what may or may not be legal according to civil authority and what is lawful and our responsibility according to God's authority and his law.
0: Okay, that helps, that helps. One of the things too that we do do not have to do as homeschoolers is to work through the um, scope and sequence that is expected uh, or maybe the standard for um some of the other children. Again, that's where we get to consider what does God cause to, how our children are 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 bent and um, not think that just because the second grader at this school has to do a particular thing that that means my second grader has to do it as well.
1: Well, what is a second grader? I haven't quite figured that out. I mean, there's this thing, oh, yeah, fourth graders are all like that. What does that even mean? You mean you're talking about someone who's this many years old? Well, I don't know. You could put three 20-year-olds together, and we wouldn't assume they're all the same. I mean, when do we stop being graders? Oh, he's a sophomore in high school. We know everything about him. See, these are categories that are actually how people get molded into an unbiblical mindset. I, I submit there's no such thing as a fourth grader.
0: Okay. So that's another small stuff that we don't need to sweat.
1: No, I like to I tell people, it. right. We want everybody to be potty trained. If my child got potty trained at five, oh my, and yours was <laughs> potty trained at two, oh, okay. aren't that's you funny. wonderful? Yeah. very few people don't put that on their resume. I was potty trained at too. <laughs> and you know what? When you get to be an adult, nobody really cares, except we all care that you are potty trained and that you if are. you have to go, you know where to go. Now that may seem like, gee, could you find a cruder, you know, example? No, but that's a great example. That's do a I great care ex- when you do yeah. I care when you learned how to walk? I know that you can, I've been with you. I'm glad when you came out to visit me, I didn't have to carry you everywhere. Right, right. That was good, but I don't mm-hmm. care when you learned how to walk.
0: Right, right, right. And, it, it, and given the fact that there was um, no real physical limitations to my learning how to do that, it's a natural part of growing up, becoming responsible and participating and living the life that God has given us. So that is
1: a good example. Yeah. yeah. Let me just say one other thing with regards to that. A lot of people get very hung up as to whether or not they're doing it right. And they're living in fear. And if you live in fear, chances are you are not living in the reality of God's sovereignty. I mean, let's say my state says I have to do this for history. What do I do? I guess I have to do it. Not necessarily. First of all, are they going to enforce it? Secondly, do you have a plan in terms of saying why you're not? I mean, think of some of our forebears in scripture. Daniel said no to things. Look where that got him. He ended up in a lion's den. That's true. He also ended up leaving the lion's den. Maybe, just maybe, it's not about bad things will happen to us if we don't give in to the state, as opposed to we won't see God's majesty when we stand for what's true.
0: Right. Nor the blessings and, and strength and success that comes with that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think I have another question here. Let's see. Um, yeah. So what if you don't feel you're measuring up? That's that's a little more of what you're talking about. What if you don't feel like you're measuring up?
1: Well, first of all, ask yourself am I measuring up? It's possible that we could talk all about what scripture says and you're not doing it. Then Absolutely. start doing it.
0: Then start doing it, right? Right.
1: If, uh, you know, my father was a doctor and people would always come up to him and say, this hurts, that hurts. And I say, doctor, it hurts when I bend my arm. And he would say, well, then don't bend your arm. And, you know, and that was the standard joke, right? Um, if you know what you should be doing and you're not doing it, then stop being disobedient. If you're doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing, then stop being disobedient. This is not rocket science. This is, if you want God's blessings, do what he says and if you want to avoid his judgment, then don't do the things you shouldn't do. Now, does that mean that it's always clear-cut and you always know what those categories are? No, but that's why the Bible says that older women, you know, those of us with our gray hair, are to teach the younger women because we've been there. I can't tell you how many women I mentor when they tell me they're big crisis. And all I can do then is laugh and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. And they'll say, mm-hmm. you went through something like this? I went, oh, yeah, actually, this year, that year, the other. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> right? Instead of thinking it's the end of the world and you're the only one who's gone through it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. It's just not that way.
0: And, and there is a learning curve. You know, Some maybe sometimes feeling inadequate is is just... Um, a matter of a learning curve, and some of those things we have to permit ourselves to feel that vulnerability and know that that in obedience to God, He will um, He'll protect us. He'll um, give us wisdom. Ask for wisdom. He tells us that He'll give it to us, and um, just just press on because sometimes our we can't we cannot be guided by our feelings. We have to be guided by God's word of truth and those those feelings of confidence will come as you continue to pursue and do the things that God has called you to.
1: Absolutely. Um, I know that there were times and my husband can attest to this, that he would come home and I was ragged. He said, wow, you look like you've just been through the war. And I'd say, oh, yeah, it wasn't a good day. And he would joke and say, well, you won't confuse this with heaven. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. you're right I will not confuse yeah. this with heaven
0: right and you know one of those you know sometimes we have those days even when you're doing your best to put to do all the right things and it's still you know fall off your horse you know and God it, it just gives us opportunity to remember uh, I'm, not I'm not God I'm not God I'm not God I'm not God God is God I'm not God and, um, you know, that if nothing else, it reminds us that we really do need God. Right.
1: And let me just say this. My experience, I'm sure yours will bear this up. The disasters in the past make better stories than when everything worked pop- perfectly. <laughs>
0: They do. They really do. We never (laughs) get
1: laughs when you say, oh, yes. And then what happened is everybody woke up, did what they were supposed to do. And by the time we went to bed, the house was clean, the dishes were done, and all the laundry was done. Anybody will go, okay, that's boring. But if you tell them about the time that the dog threw up as you were leaving the house and the dishwasher was leaking, and then you had two children fighting, and you had to figure out what was the biggest priority at that point in time, right? And you might laugh and say, well, anybody could figure that out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anytime my husband had to stay home with the kids, he would say, how do you do this? I said, what do you mean, how do I do this? How do you handle all these things at one time? I said, oh, because that's my calling. And I've worked to understand what I'm supposed to do. So the truth is, two children fighting isn't very good. The dog's throw up on the floor. I don't want anybody to step in it. And the dishwasher is leaking. Send those children to opposite rooms, put the dog outside, clean up the barf and go figure out if you don't know how to turn off the water so that your whole house doesn't flood. Right. Then you go back, you find out oh the dog is still outside, bring the dog back in, and then you go and deal with the children but it, that's a great example of figuring out what the small stuff is at that point. At other times, the, the priorities would be reversed. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We have a couple of more minutes. Do you have any uh, more closing uh, comments or?
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't have my coughing fit, which of course, we have a couple of more minutes that still could change. Um, I really want to encourage people, there are a couple of books that I have written that um, not only, uh, I mean, I've written books on homeschooling, but two, A House for God, Building a Kingdom Driven Family, and Woman of the House. Both of those books were particularly geared toward women and touching on different phases and situations in life. And I would really like anybody who watches these to get those books and read them. If you read them, it's like you had an opportunity to talk with me. And I like best the questions that come out of after someone's read them. Mm -hmm. Because I cover ground that I've covered a lot. That's why they ended up in the book. But there are usually deeper issues that will have questions that spring from them.
0: Right. (coughs) I haven't read all of your books, but the ones that I have read for um, for any of those, that are interested in getting some, please know that these are not heavy reads. These are just more of a collection of essays, aren't they? Yeah. They cover really just two or three pages on one particular subject, and then you're able to move on to the next thing. So right. they're not hard. Um, it's not going to be something that you feel like you have to go to college to get through.
1: As a matter of fact, if you've been to college, it might be hard to get through. If there's too much common <laughs> sense. in them.
0: Too much common sense, yeah. Okay, one more thing, Andrea. What what about some of the previous um, homeschool answers broadcasts that we've done? I know there has been some um, requests for them to be on podcasts or on MP3. Can you tell me about that?
1: They're on MP3. Um, Go to the Calcedon site. Let me just wait a second. I gotta take the see. This is the small stuff. I gotta take the right real life. go to Calcedon and put in audio album uh, homeschooling help and you'll find them in MP3 and they're also available on video. And let me just warn you, they're not edited. So whoever listens to this in MP3 is going to hear the cough drop, come in and come out. That's okay. <laughs> it's the small stuff. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. Okay. We're well, very good, Andrea. Thank you so much for doing this with us. I think it is a great Um, service and help and encouragement to ladies no matter where they are in their homeschooling journey to help one another remember what it is that we're supposed to be doing here not get distracted by the small stuff and drowned in the small stuff my goodness you could get so totally overwhelmed with this ridiculous small stuff and forget the purpose and the goal to which we've been called
1: as the catechism says what is the chief end of man to glorify god and enjoy him forever?" If you can't say your life is glorifying God and you're enjoying him, time to get your priorities in order.
0: Amen. Thank you for that good reminder.
1: All right. And hopefully next week I won't sound so nasally.
0: Okay. Talk to you. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit the kingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.